Hello and welcome to the lineup. Did I get that right for the first time? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I try to do. And I've succeeded. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the Dodgers. I'm Jacob Birch. You're Eric I'm Steven. Eric Steven. Hey. Yeah. Hey. My this is my job. <laughs> you stay in your corner. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> Until I need something intelligent said, and then I'll I'll call on you. Uh, hey, you can talk now. Say something smart. Uh, the lineup with True Blue LA oh, is man. the name of this podcast. I think that's the first time I've ever done that setup and you haven't said just something smart. Something smart, yeah. yeah. I, I was I, I just pulling the, the curtain, pulling back the curtain here. I was so impressed. We, we do like a sound cue before we start recording. And it, I usually it's usually just a clap, you know, and I'm, I'm clapping into the microphone. And I was so impressed with the clarity of my clap, like I, it threw me off. Like I was just like, that was an incredible clap. Like mm-hmm. sonically, it was great. So, yeah, that's what we're dealing with today. Well, we've got an All Star episode in honor of the All Star Game, and not necessarily we're not going to talk about the All Star Game at all. We're just going to have top quality content. Except we are actually going to talk about the All Star Game. I think. Uh, I think we've got some of that stuff lined up. We've got some questions from Craig. We're going to talk about a tie at the All-Star Game that I'm excited to talk about. And Mm -hmm. we've got all of that after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, uh, All Star Games in a week. That, as as is every year or almost every year, the just season is just going by really quick. Let's just think about it, like when after you're listening to this, and then we, we're going to be watching the All Star Game, and then you're going to be everyone's going to be thinking back to this podcast. It's so wildly popular, millions of listeners. Um, and everyone's going to be have have bare naked ladies in their head, and it's just going to be it's been one week, and, mm-hmm. and then I mean, that's what I think about. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, this is, we're, what a great start we're off to. Um, so yeah, we can't say too much game. of that, otherwise we'd get sued. That's right, DCMA so. or whatever. Yeah. Um, the um, it's the first All Star Game at Dodger Stadium in forty two years. Um, it's the first. It's the literally the first All Star Game of the Jacob era, the Jacob Life era. That's true. Um, and it's 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 really the first uh, Dodger Stadium All Star Game in my era. Like I was four in nineteen eighty. Did you go? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, by I've yourself. Actually, I've never been to an All Star Game, so th- this this uh, next week will be. I'm, the plan is going Monday and Tuesday, so that that'll be my first time ever at an All Star Game. Um, so yeah, looking, looking forward to that. Um, I, but I didn't even like, I wasn't even watching baseball in 1980. So like, uh, I I mean, I'm, there's a distinct possibility I was somewhere where the game was on, Mm -hmm. but with no capacity to like care or know what was going on, I guess. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that I guess this was it's it's interesting for me and we'll talk about this a little bit when we talk about past uh, all-star games and all-star memories but it's hard for me to try and re-remember what it was like when uh 
you know, cable was sort of a novelty or, you know, you couldn't guarantee that cable was a thing. So you were more likely to watch something like an all-star game, even if you weren't necessarily a diehard fan of the sport. But, but for me, I, I you know, we'll, we'll go in this. I didn't watch an all-star game, even though I would watch, you know, the World Series or something for, for a while, just because it is certainly an event for fans of the sport more so than anything else to celebrate oh. what's going on. Versus for sure, it, it, difficult difficult thing for a casual fan to really get into. Not and not just before, um, like the era of like every game is televised, right? But also before interleague play. So like it was literally a novelty to you if you were like an, um, a National League fan or, or you know a fan of a National League team, you wouldn't see. I mean, I guess except on National Game of the Week, which was once a week, maybe. Um, depending on the game you got, um, you wouldn't see, you rarely see the, like an American league team or players until, but the all-star game you saw everyone. And so, and and then there's the world series, obviously, but that's only one team. So like it was a big deal, like a much like bigger deal back in the day when, when, you know, national like televised games were scarce. Although if you think about it, like (laughs) there's kind of the same amount of quote-unquote national games now uh, in that it, everything else is so proliferated like a lot of the games are on cable or streaming mm-hmm. or you know like it's not it's not like um you know I, i'm not everything's so like fragmented now i don't really get down about like ratings or whatever but like you know you have to it's it's everyone every year go oh ratings are down like they used to get like seventy five million to watch the nineteen seventy five World Series or something. And it's like, yeah, well, that's like a. It might as well just quote like Gravity on the Moon or something. It's like it's just a different time. Like so, but yeah, it's just it's just weird. Like, um, and, but yeah, it, so it is. It's on on like Big Fox, and there's going to be definitely more like casual fans in terms of like I think like sight traffic. Like the All Star game itself maybe doesn't, but all the stuff around it, like mm-hmm. it's a pretty big like traffic week. And then of course, in MLB's infinite wisdom, they decided to put the draft during the All Star festivities. So it's like the two <laughs> biggest. If there's anything like, a casual fan loves, it's the baseball yeah. draft. <laughs> but in, in terms of no, but like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. like, like, like just and just sight busyness slash slash traffic. Like so. Next week is a bit of a, a gauntlet of sorts, uh, but yeah, it's it's fun. But the, the game itself is, is a lot of fun, I think. Um, so, but the, before we get into our sort of all star memories this year, potential uh, memories could be created by four uh, Dodgers at this point. It's possible they could add more. Although I, I'm less. Uh, I think that's less likely than I thought it was at the start of today. We're recording on Tuesday. Uh huh. Um, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner are starting. They were voted in by the fans. Um, it's the first time the Dodgers have had more than one position player starting um, since uh, they had four in that 1980 game at Dodger Stadium. Um, they also had two starters in 1981, although one of them was um, Fernando Valenzuela, <laughs> who was the pitcher, and they, they don't get chosen by the fans. But, like, they, it's just, um, yeah. Um so on Sunday, uh, when the full rosters were announced, Tony Gonsolin and Clayton Kershaw were added. Uh, Gonsolin, you know, leads the majors in ERA. He's eleven and zero. He was voted in by the players. Um, the they the players picked five um, starters and three relievers, and he got the fifth most votes among the five starters. 
Um, so I, that was, I think it was good that, that, that the players voted him, him in for that. So it's the first All-Star game for him. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is a, uh, he was a pick from the commissioner's office. They're like technically the MLB office. They have a group of people who sort of decide. Um, the, it used to be like the purview of like the, the manager of the team. Like they would be, not that they were the sole decision maker, but they had like a lot of say over the rosters. So there, there could be angst when like t- teams would, um, you know, could, if, I mean, it's the one of the spoils of winning the pennant, right? You get to pack your the All Star roster the next year with whoever you want. But um, so, but there's like this uh, for Kershaw. It's it's his ninth um, All Star game, and that it's the ninth year he's been an All Star. Um, that breaks uh, Don Drysdale's record for the, for the Dodgers in terms of pitchers. Uh, Drysdale was an All Star in eight different years. He actually was in nine nine different games, but that was because. There was a period of four years um, from 1959 to 62 where they played two All-Star games. And uh, one of those years, um, I think 59, uh, Drysdale pitched in two All-Star games. But yeah, eight different years in All-Star for Drysdale, now nine for Kershaw. So good for him. But to get into the process a little bit. um, So after the fan votes for the starters, uh, position players, and then after the players vote for um, another, like another set of reserves at each position, plus the eight pitchers that it was sort of mentioned there, you, you have 26 spots. It, there's only 32 on the roster. So MLB uh, picks the last six uh, for each team. And in each league, uh, both the NL and AL this year, only 10 teams were accounted for uh, in those first 26 players. So MLB had to use five of the last six picks to like, Go. This team needs an all star. This team needs an all star. So for the the National League, it was the Reds. They got Luis Castillo. Uh, the Pirates um, got uh, David Bednar, a uh, reliever. Um, the Nationals got Juan Soto. Of course, Juan Soto, pretty great. The Rockies uh, got C.J. Cron or Crone, excuse me. Um, and the D-backs got Joe Mantiply, which delights me because I will definitely make go forth and Mantiply puns uh, throughout the All Star <laughs> game if he pitches. So the only actual choice, like in a, in a way, like everything is a choice because you, 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 it depends on which players you pick. But um, so Kershaw was like the only real like choice they made, right? And like it's hard to you, you could argue, there's definitely like other pitchers having better seasons than Kershaw at least like in total. Kershaw's been pretty great when he's pitched. He missed a month on the injured list, so you can sort of understand. But he's also Clayton Kershaw. This is also his home park. You, you sort of get it, right? But so CJ Cron, uh, Cron, damn it! I keep if I keep, the way I keep saying it, like I'm, I'm just, I'm just butchering it. I, I apologize. But um, so him at first base uh, that gives the National League three first basemen. Uh, eight, uh, uh, Paul Goldschmidt uh, is starting. Was voted by the fans. Pete Alonso of the Mets got the players' vote. So Freddie Freeman is out. Will Smith is out. Um, at catcher, it's Wilson Contreras of the Cubs starting, and then Travis Darno, old friend alert, uh, Dodgers legend. Um, <laughs> he is he is uh, he got the players' vote. Um, there's no third catcher, but the Braves William Contreras, who's Wilson's brother, was was listed at, on the ballot as a DH because every every team submits like nine players on to go on the ballot, like at, at whatever position, like. Um, and he was second in the player, but it's, it was remarkably weak, um, like, for NLDHs this year. Like, just nobody. And so Bryce Harper, very clearly the best. And he was really only DHing because 
Uh, he had the elbow injury early, and now he's out with uh, with um, thumb surgery. So he's not even going to play. So uh, Bryce Harper was voted to start, but now because William Contreras won the player vote, now he's going to start at DH. So I think, if I remember right, they are the uh, Wilson and William Contreras are the first brothers to start for the same team in the All-Star game since 92, the Alomar brothers did. Um, but yeah, so that that's pretty cool. Except that, you know, it sort of ices Will Smith out a little bit. Like, I guess, so my, my biggest thing, I wanted to focus on who made it before we got to who didn't make it because the, it seems like every time rosters are announced, everyone's like, oh, who got snubbed, you know, like <laughs> immediately. So, um, but yeah, so if there's any beef, right, I, I guess you could say, like the players picking Darno over Smith, although, like, it's, it's not, I don't think Smith had like a slam dunk case, right? Like he was... He's better offensively, but not like terribly so. Uh, it also I, I I mentioned this in the one of the the leading off episodes I think on Monday um, that it might have also depended when the players voted right the the ballots been out since the the start of June not that they go super early but had they gone at like the the last couple days of June um, Darno had uh, higher slugging higher OPS. Uh, Smith has kind of come on of late a little more. Um, and then, but also Darno is like, is a better catcher. Like he, he has, uh, he's like second or first in uh, NL or MLB, depending on which metric you use in, in framing. Um, he's up there. He's in top 10 in um, baseball prospectus, uh, like catcher defensive adjustment, which takes into account a little bit more than framing. He's just a better receiver than Will Smith. And, and the fact that the players voted like him over um, Smith probably t- took that into account. That said, they're pretty close. Like the 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 way the like MLB only lists like the the number they, they only they only go as deep on the player ballot as needed to show who's selected. They don't like show the whole ballot to like spill all the tea, you know, like just to see who got you know all the votes or whatever. But it was pretty clear, like based on the voting, that there were a lot of votes unaccounted for or at least unreported so you could see a scenario where smith was probably really close in the player vote but like you know it just doesn't unless unless like a catcher one of those catchers go down like i don't see him will smith really uh getting a shot to be replacement there's always a lot of replacements just today on tuesday um three different replacements uh were announced um I think just one in the National League. No, two. Uh, one was a, a pitcher. Uh, Josh Hader is on paternity leave, and Carlos Rodon for the Giants is is going on. So, so here's the deal. So Bryce Harper, right? They didn't replace his roster spot yet until today. Um, but in terms of starter, because you know because Contreras got the player vote, he gets to start. In terms of the roster replacement, they. <laughs> Uh, MLB announced today that Garrett Cooper of the Marlins went another another first baseman, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, any like I was thinking like that was pretty clearly like the spot for like Freddie Freeman to like come in, but man, but also it's it's also a, a weird circumstance of how the the voting works. Um, so um, Cooper was next in line in DH balloting; he was third. Because DHs in the National League have been generally terrible this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, Bryce Harper first, uh, William Contreras second, and then Garrett Cooper. But then you look, so 
William Contreras, uh, through Monday, has started 12 times in DH this year. But they had to list him somewhere, and they, they, they picked their nine guys. So Cooper has only started 34 times. He started more times at first base. So, you know, I looked like Max Muncy, for instance. He, he started 13 times for the Dodgers, and he was listed as their DH because he was the rover earlier in the season. He didn't really – everyone else had like a set – sort of a set position. Um, so of the 15 uh, National League DHs who were on the ballot, They've averaged, through Monday, only 33 starts at DH. So Nelson Cruz, who's actually been bad this year for the Nationals, relatively, um, he's really been the only everyday DH. He has 80 starts there. Uh, Bryce Harper, again, elbow injury. Daniel Vogelbach and Luke Voigt um, are the only other DHs with 50 starts there at the position. So, like, you know, it's just there's not really that many DHs. So the, the way I was thinking about this, like, you see – like the Dodgers do this, but a lot of teams do this, do this, and not just in the National League. They they use the DH as sort of a spot to rotate players in, rather than having like a DH. Um, so they just get their guys sort of pseudo rest in those days. So I would consider, and, I, and it's not like this huge problem, right? But it, I think it it loosen it would loosen things up a little bit in terms of flexibility. I think for the All Star Game, you should consider taking the DH out of the voting. Um, for both the fans in the lineup and for the players for reserves, and then just leave those leave the DH spot to it leaves other op- opportunities for like just best available player to come in, and then you can put whoever you want at DH. Um, now it doesn't always it, it, like like for instance Otani, right? I guess Jordan Alvarez this year had a case as well, but like Otani's Otani, so he won the the fan vote at DH, and obviously last year too. Like, that's a very clear, like, scenario where it's like there's a very clear person mm-hmm. here. The National League just didn't have that this year. And so I think you're limiting it, given the way the position is used. It's not like this is this is how Freddie Freeman should have gotten on. But it is, it is interesting yeah. in what we're talking about yeah. here in that the Braves and the Dodgers are both examples of, I absolutely see what you're saying, but they would, almo- they would almost be screwed by that. The Braves having two basically catchers and the Dodgers yeah. having essentially – nine nine guys that are starting almost every day or basically every day but not being able to only only being able to list eight of them uh is an interesting conundrum uh well but no they they did not that 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 would be new not that that would be new they but they did list their nine regulars like because will smith has also been seeing a lot of time at dh especially in the last month or so Mm mm-hmm um, their nine regulars are like accounted for. That's right. No, I'm, I'm saying if you take the DH out, you would only oh. be able to list eight. But also, <laughs> like it's one of those things where it's you like if someone's playing well enough, they could still be. Yeah, picked, no, that's right? fair. So like, uh, it's just one of those. Yeah, it's just it's just a weird thing. I yeah, maybe. I guess I don't know how you would. Yeah, yeah it, it would limit it. I guess it would limit it in that way. But so, like, look, it's not, this isn't just like a Freeman thing, right? So he, he came into the day with a 146 WRC plus, um, top 10 in Fangraphs War, 383 plate appearances compared to 162 for William Contreras on the year, uh, 311 for Cooper. But like, Austin Riley has been arguably just as good, if not better, than Freeman at third base for the Braves, 149 WRC plus. Um, he's top 10 in both um, F War and B War. And same thing in a weird, in a different way. Tommy Edmond for the Cardinals, he's top ten in both wars. Um, 
but he's he's like a round league average offensively, but also great at on defense at both second and short. Now you, that's generally not a position they tend to reward on this. Now Freeman has the star power, so you could say that. But like, yeah, it just seems limiting to be like, well, we had to replace um, the the DH that was hurt with the next guy in the voting it from a for a position he doesn't play regularly. <laughs> you know, like that's just a for weird sure. like thing to have. So I think if they had more flexibility, it would probably help get like out of that situation. Um, but looking back, um, I don't remember. I'm trying to think. I I don't remember when this started, but they they didn't always have it, the. Sometimes it, if it was in a National League park, they didn't have. They had the pitcher bat, and then you know you would pinch it for the for both teams because because of you know mm-hmm. using old rules. But like I don't remember when they went to DH on both sides, but uh, in the All Star game at least, but. The NL had that for years, where they never they didn't have a DH on the ballot, so they just had an extra spot, and then whoever got it, you know, that kind of a thing. But yeah, but speaking of those older games, uh, games we sort of that are sort of stuck in our memories. Um, my my question to you, I asked you earlier today, and we we sort of talked about it a little bit. But what what's your like? Just I guess earliest All Star Game memory. Yeah, I, I teased it earlier, uh, and as mentioned before, I didn't get in baseball until more like high school. Um, went to a lot of games, enjoyed it, but didn't follow it um, until until a little later. So for me, it was the two thousand and two. Is that what I yep. said? <laughs> uh, All Star Game, uh, which resulted in a tie. And one of the things I like about this. Memories one is very clear. I just and it was one of the first of many examples of of one of the things I love about baseball is there's just all these just little that's never happened before or that can happen or that's really weird. These just little things and you're just and you obviously on a, this was at a slightly higher scale than a lot of the examples I can think of uh, that I enjoy watching baseball day in and day out. Uh, but it was one of the first things that alarmed me to just sort of the absurdity that baseball can produce of of what there's a tie and it's it was after the tenth inning is that right? Um, yeah. I feel like they went one extra and then like sorry noise ordinance or whatever we got got to wrap this up. Well, I'm I, them to... They were they ran out of pitchers right? I think that was the deal. Um, uh, I'm looking it up now. Uh, uh, and and then you know. And I, 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 do you remember me liking the uh, "now it matters" thing? Oh, because that or this time it counts. That, yeah, that was yeah. The, that that was the slogan they used. After, because yeah, after that they were like, "Well, we we obviously can't have an all star game in in the tie because there's such an uproar." And so they 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 tied uh, <laughs> the the all star game results to the who got home field advantage in the World Series, right? Uh, so after that, forever until uh, recently. Um, so, <laughs> oh man, this is great. So you you have another like mem- besides the tie. Well, there's also the Bud Selig photo, right? Because they the both managers and like the umpires go like talking to him between uh-huh. whatever the like top and bottom of the inning or whatever, and he's just over there with like this shrug, like uh, like I don't know, and he he's just the most the most sad sack version of Bud Selig possible. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It was just one of those things. Um, but, yeah, so you, you have another – there's another specific memory you mentioned. Which of, is in the uh, same game. I did not realize right. it was in the same game. I, uh, and what's funny, I have another thing to add from the same game 
that I forgot about till just now. So I, it was uh, Barry Bonds' home run, who was I, I, I. He was my favorite heel in all in all of sports. Sure. Just being a Dodgers fan, you love to boo him. And I remember thinking his reaction to his should have been a home run caught by Torrey Hunter, where he kind of like great, bear hugged great him. Great catch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, human, you know, made him more than just this guy I booed who's a baseball player. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, which, which just made him, it better, like, which just made you like almost rooting for these guys that have the personality. And he, he put um, Torrey Hunter over his shoulder with yeah. like the, the, the <laughs> smallest amount of effort possible, which is like. Good lord! But so another so uh, this was Ichiro's second year in in baseball. He had won the rookie of the year and MVP the year before. And what I I, I wasn't sure if this was the right game, but I guess um, you know Joe Torre like gave a speech to the American League team like before the game, and then um, and I guess uh, what was it? Uh, I guess Ichiro was sort of like fidgeting or doing something. Um, and then Joe Torre asked him, like, he's like, okay, Ichiro, you, you have something to say, or I don't know if it was a setup or what, but, um, uh, this is from, uh, I'm pulling this from Audacity a couple years back. They're sort of recounting it. Jim Leland, I guess, who was on the staff, all of a sudden Ichiro pops up, let's kick their fucking fat asses <laughs> and Michael Young as well, loud as he go. could. And that was that. And then uh, everyone just went nuts. Right. Like, and so, oh, oh wait. There was another story, I th- I think, on the Tory Hunter catch. Now, this couldn't be possible because I'm, I think I'm conflating. Um, I'm conflating things because I think, no, this has to be right. So, on the catch, right, uh, Ichiro's in right, Tory Hunter's in center. And they're, like, converging near there. And I think Ichiro said, holy shit, what a catch. And then... <laughs> Tori Hunter goes, holy shit, you speak English. But, like, <laughs> I think I've heard him tell that story before. But now, like, thinking about, it, like, was, was he not in the locker room before the game? Like, you know, like, and and also, when was the Bob Costas interview about, um, uh, uh, like, what was it about uh, as hot Kansas as a fucking City. rat yeah. in a sock in uh, St. Louis or whatever? God, this, Ichiro is bringing this to an explicit level today. I love it. <laughs> no um, kidding. But uh, you know, just what a, what an outstanding game uh, to do. Uh, 2002 All-Star game was just pure chaos. I love it. Um, so I, I have a uh, sort of a similar chaotic memory, but not in a not at the game itself, but more in the, the how I was watching it. This was 1986. Uh, I I'm certain I watched the 85 game, and, and I've gone back and watched that on YouTube, and it that was an NBC game. Um, and there, there was something, I think, during the game, they had a 1-900, like, call this, call this survey line, um, do you like the DH? Like, it, this was, like, 12 years into the DH, in the, or 13 years in, in the American League, and, like, they were still debating it. Like, Ooh, and so, um, and it was, like, two 1-900 lines, and I, they were, like, I don't know, a dollar a call or whatever it was, and I, that just struck me when I was re-watching it as one of the things they had on the broadcast but so it's at the houston astrodome uh oh so that's 85 86 is at the houston astrodome i i I distinctly remember actually watching this because i was at a party uh or it was at my my brother um his uh wife's parents house and there were you know a bunch of people were over and that game fernando valenzuela followed dwight gooden on the mound um 
and pitched three scoreless innings. He struck out his first five uh, batters faced in the game. That tied Carl Hubble, uh, his all-star record uh, for most consecutive strikeouts. Um, Steve Sachs, uh, he had a great year that year. I think he finished second to Tim Raines in batting race. Um, he played three the final three innings at second base in this one. Um, and then he got uh, an RBI single in the eighth inning off Charlie Huff to pull the NL within three to two. The American League ultimately won uh, three to two. So I'm 10 at this time. Uh, my brother Kelly uh, was 25 and we're sitting here. And I, I remember arguing with one of his friends, my brother Kelly's friends, um, about who got the game winning RBI. What a, what a, what a rocking party this was. We're having game-winning RBI discussions. But um, <laughs> but uh, a 10-year-old uh, took money from this man because he – so the game-winning RBI was in its heyday at this point. Like it was on the back of Topps cards for like I think like a five-year run in the, the late 80s um, to possibly like 90 or 91 till it just kind of went away because everyone's like, this is kind of dumb. Um, but then the, – so the scoring in the game went like this. Um, Lou Whitaker hit a two-run homer early. Put the American League up two to nothing. Frank White uh, hit another a solo home run and made it three nothing. Uh, in the that eighth inning, uh, before Steve Sachs, uh, Chris Brown scored on a wild pitch that made it three to one. And then Sachs uh, drove. He uh, had the RBI single to make it three two. So my brother's friend he argued that the game winning RBI was Frank White because that gave the AL three runs, which was one more than the the National League had. So that that should have been the game winning RBI, but no, I knew the rule. And uh, I said Lou Whitaker, uh, who hit the two-run home run, because he gave the American League the lead that they never relinquished. So um, I think I won like 10 bucks. It, was, it may have been like five or something. But more importantly, I uh, I stuck it to like a mid-20s-year-old at age 10. And <laughs> I was very happy about that. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> speaking of that game, um, Steve Sachs, his RBI single um, – his, I'm sorry, his RBI his, it came on a single in 1986. My question to you is this. Who was the last Dodger to have a run-scoring extra base hit in an All-Star game? I will guess and be wrong after this. Who was the last Dodger to have a run-scoring extra base hit in an All-Star game? Yeah. Was this in the aughts? Which century? No, um... <laughs> Uh, there could have only been one. Uh, I, I will, I will say no. Oh, okay. Was it? Was it? How recent? How recent are we talking here? Um, so the other hint I will give without yeah. uh, while dodging that question um, yeah. is uh, I believe, and I didn't look this up to check, but I believe the last just actual extra base hit was Matt Kemp doubling in 2018. Um, bec- that was also famous because. Um, he, Manny Machado, um, what, uh, like was at second base, I guess when, and so they, and they did like a selfie or something. And that was when the Dodgers were like heavily rumored yeah. to trade for Machado and they got him like a couple days later. So that was fun. Um, but that was not a run scoring extra base hit. So uh-huh. that, that is my, that is my only hit. That's it's not very nice of you. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, really, cr- uh, in I, fact, I, not I, a hint I, at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. So you, you, you have. Um, I, I'll give you one more hint to just give you a parameter. Uh-huh. It's Jake Abera. All right. That's not in the 2010s. So you, you have your, your both ends of the spectrum here, which you could choose from. Uh, oh, okay. I see, I see what you're saying. 
Oh, I will, f- I will get a couple of names in my head. Uh, all right. Uh, Mike Piazza. You nailed it. Hey. Um, so, uh, 1996. <laughs> uh, is, did you just dab? Is that what I don't that think was? it's, is that dabbing? I guess uh, yeah, it kind I, of I is. I guess you're right. No, it wasn't da- dabbing. Yeah, is like, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I was just. You, you, you did the, uh, almost the Fernando Rodney. Yeah. In a way. You, yeah. You, yeah. He celebrated with like an arrow for, for those, because this is an audio podcast. It is? Uh, <laughs> How long has that been? I thought we've been doing video like, the whole time. Yeah, I've been wearing makeup for years, um, uh, and I still look like this. Um, so Piazza '96. It's uh, it's at the uh, Veteran Stadium in Philadelphia. So he's back home. Um, second inning, he homered off Charles Nagy. That was not the last run scoring extra base hit <laughs> because in the third inning he hit an RBI double off Chuck Finley, and he won All Star MVP. Um, so yeah, good for, uh, Mike Piazza. He also, um, homered in nine, the 95 all-star game. Man, it sure seems like someone, the team should keep around for a long time. But, uh, yeah, that's the last time a Dodger drove in a run with an extra base hit in an all-star game. So it's been rough sledding, man. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, what's not rough sledding, but is it in fact exciting <laughs> sledding is our King, favorite uh, segment, segment because it's time for with Jens and Greg. We love them. Five more or less questions from our friend. Craig. Before we get into that, I just oh, saw a note, and this is not Dodgers related because we may or may not be watching a, a live Dodger game while we're taping. But um, did you know that every team in the American League East is at 500 or better right now? <laughs> The the I think the NL West was there for like a day, or maybe the Arizona wasn't there, but it yeah. got really close, and then uh, not not so much but after that. The Orioles are, have, <laughs> are on fire, and they're actually five hundred right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of, uh, we talked a lot about Freddie Freeman, and we're going off stats that are a lot better than they were when I wrote them down earlier. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. Back to questions from Greg. We love it. So, yeah, yeah, all right. Just, so you're right, right back, right back on it. All right. Yep. Uh, we have an all-star theme for this week. So here what? are some <laughs> trivia questions about Dodger appearances in the Midsummer Classic. I really get to return the favor. That's, That's right. wonderful. According to MajorLeagueBaseball.com, two, two L.A. Dodgers have started their the most times at their defensive positions. We have hints. Uh, actually, I'm just going to give you that because it's not really much of a hint. Uh, one started nine times and the other started five times. Okay. Th- and this is. Okay. So I guess no. the way this is worded, uh, I th- it's it's actually, he's saying most, most starts at their position, like for anyone in Major League Baseball. Who, and they just have these guys happen to be Dodgers. Yes. Okay. So the the nine timer is very clearly Steve Garvey. Correct. Yeah. Uh, who I believe started seven times for the Dodgers. He was an eight time All Star. I don't remember, but uh, seven um, for the Dodgers, nine twice as a Padre. Yeah. Um. Okay. Now the fiver. Um. Oh. So the. Uh, wait. <clears throat> Okay, now this is this is diff- so he is it is it Mike Piazza? It is not. Um, because I was gonna say like I thought Johnny Bench would have started more, but maybe not. Um, 
five times. Oh, uh, Don Drysdale. There you go. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, P- Pudge has the most starts at catcher, by the way. Nice. And, all right, next question. According to the Dodgers media guide, five L.A. Dodgers have homered before the Jacob era. I'm going to that's wild card era. Uh, as an all-star, can Eric name these midsummer sluggers? Uh, so, Mike Piazza doesn't count. Mm. Uh, um, okay, so uh, very clearly, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, I believe, well, Steve Garvey, I know, homered, like, multiple times, but... Um, also, I think he and Jim Wynn went back to back, uh, in, I want to say 75. You were dead on the money. Uh, and yeah. Garvey did in 77 as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, then the, the others, uh, this is where it gets rough. Uh, so mm, let me think here. Wow. Um, I can give you years if you would like mm, them. Not, not yet. Not okay. Yet. So I think I think I'm gonna go. Um, Duke Snyder. Uh, Jackie Robinson. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go before I go back to Brooklyn. I will go Ron Say. Uh, Damn. All right. <laughs> I failed. Well, Gil Hodges would have been my next guest. Uh, Good God. Roy Campanella. <laughs> keep. Uh, no. Uh, so, Good Lord. Uh, Jim Gilliam, Johnny Roseboro, and Willie wow. Davis. Willie Davis. I, yeah, I, those, I wouldn't, yeah, I'm, I'm not as mad at missing those three as I should be, but yeah. Next up, Dodger fans hope Will Smith will join this group. Five LA Dodger catchers have played in an all-star game since 1989. Eric, please name these decorated backstops. Okay, so uh, I guess starting back then, um, Mike Sosha. Yep. Uh, I believe he started in 1990 uh, at Wrigley. Um, a certain player named Mike Piazza, who we may or may not have talked about previously. Yep. Um, uh, let's see here. Okay, this is where it gets... So I just want to go to what I know first. So Russell Martin. Yep. Um, oh man. And then, uh, Yasmani Grandal. Yep. So I'm missing one. You were missing one. Oh boy. Okay. So I think I can't remember if he actually got, I, I'm going to go with Paul LaDuca. Correct. Okay. Was it 2001? 2003 and 2004. Wow. Okay. Because his, like, big year was 2001, but then he was, and I guess he, and then by 2003, 2004, obviously heart and soul, best player in baseball, etc. Um, but yeah. According to the media guide, in 1991, five Dodger teammates joined Eddie Murray on the National League All-Star team. Can Eric name those other blue All-Stars? Okay, so th- this is where I, I I was unreasonably confident that I would get this. Uh-huh. Uh, but like I, I'm gonna also probably talk myself out into some worriness here. Um so so I guess I'm gonna start off with one who didn't even play, but Daryl Strawberry was voted in by the fans, but he was hurt. Yep. Um so uh I believe so um Ramon Martinez for sure. Yep. Coming off a twenty one season. Um and then oh boy. Uh, 
So Brett Butler first year. Yep. With the Dodgers. Uh, is that four? Um, uh, Strawberry, Butler, Ramon, just, and then Eddie Murray. So four, yeah. Oh, so I need two more? Yep. Sorry, yes, you need two more. No, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Um, I, okay, and I think, I remember there being some consternation, uh, and I think, I think Mike Morgan eventually got the call. Yep. Whew. Okay, now, now it's, it's rougher. Um, so I, uh, let's think here. I'm going to go, is it Willie Randolph? It is not. Okay, so that's where I, I, I got overconfident. Um, okay, so thinking this through, 91, you, ooh, this is, this is a lot tougher than I was thinking. Um, why can't I think of it? Um, oof. Now, this is, the dead air is always great uh, for the podcast. Do you but, want me um, to give you a position? Not yet. Okay. I, I'm, I'm trying to think here. Um, so, man. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, 91. Oh, uh, Cal Daniels. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, give me the position. Second base. Well, I said Willie Red. No, um, <laughs> um, second base <laughs> in '91. What the hell? Oh, I'm mad. I'm so mad right now. I, I see. I knew it. I was gonna. I, I, I biffed on this one. Um, second base '91. Not Willie Randolph. Um, this is. I'm so mad. Uh, and. I don't know why it's not coming to me. Um, what? Why is it? Why is it all just a blur? Um, <laughs> there's just yeah. There's nothing there. I, I got nothing. I, I, I'm out. Juan Samuel. <clears throat> I was just talking about him the other day. How <laughs> I was so impressed uh, looking at the back of his 1985 Donruss card that. Well, not only he had double digits in like doubles, triples, home runs, and steals, but also seven hundred at bats, which I thought was like an accomplishment. It just meant he did, he never walked. <laughs> but like, uh, but he was. That's also only like four guys have ever gotten seven hundred at bats. So like that is kind of cool. But yeah, I'm I'm extremely mad that I didn't get Juan Samuel. So I'm angry. I'm, I'm glad you stalled a little bit there because it gave me time to reread the next question. Because uh, I yeah. could have misstated it, and uh, I'll, I'll say it real <laughs> quick. The Dodgers uh, just had seven prospects named to the Baseball America midseason top 100 list. Uh, so the question is: Will all of those players still be on the Dodger in the Dodgers organization after the trade deadline? I would have read it initially as: Will any of those players? Fire Shohei Otani and Mike Trout come. We're pushing all the chips to the table, folks. No, so I think. Um, I think uh, I will say no, oh. but but only because like y- you could, and it, this it's like a very, it's a very tentative no. <laughs> like it's like it's, you could it's see kind a like scenario taking the off. field, right? Like it really like so. I don't think they're gonna they're not gonna trade like Diego Cartier or Miguel Vargas or Bobby Miller. Like there's no one there's no like really headliner out there that like gets that. 
like you, I guess you could see Ryan Pepio going in the right deal. You could see Michael Bush going in the right deal, but really, like they'd have to get a lot back. Like Gavin Stone has pitched well enough to where he'd all, almost have to go in the right deal. I think like Andy Pajes has a lot of power, um, and so yeah, I don't know. It's I, I could see just one of those guys going. That's basically what I'm sort of. I guess banking on in a way, but like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very wishy-washy, um, a wishy-washy know about all seven states. Craig Kimbrell is going to keep getting the ball, but do you two think that we'll see some usage changes when the season restarts next week? I don't, I don't like, you know, they, we've obviously, uh, <laughs> Kenley, you know, we've gone through this before with, with Kenley, and I think it'll just play out the same where, uh, you know, they're going to trust. There's no, like, it's not like there's uh, someone not demanding knocking on the door. Evan Phillips has been really good. Almonte has been really good. But no one's, like, saying I should be the closer instead, I think. Um, and I just think they'll do what they've been doing, which is already, you know, kind of making sure, you know, other guys are getting some plenty of high leverage spots, so... Yeah. So no, like, I don't. I don't uh, think so. And then maybe, maybe if things are really still going completely erratic around maybe August or September, maybe at that point they reevaluate more formally. But for for instance, uh, after the off day, the Dodgers played. The Dodgers had played twenty games in a row, but they had a, a full off. Day. They had a pretty high usage day for the bullpen on Sunday, but um, with like seven innings. Uh, but off day Monday. And in a close game in St. Louis, the Dodgers went to David Price in the eighth inning with down a run. Now, it's not up a run. It's not the same. But, like, you know, they that they're using – they are using other people in leverage situations. Um, but, yeah, I, Craig Kimball is the closer until he isn't, right? It's just it's like you said, same thing as Kenley Jensen like the last four years um, where they're going to give him rope and then they're going to um, – for a while, but then at a, at a certain point, like, uh, I, I just, they would make the call, like, and it, and it, it would just be, like, like more, he's not closing, and then other people will close, depending on who's available. Like, it's probably Bruce Gratterall. They've used Evan Phillips. They've used, um, or have they used Evan Phillips? Um, no, Yancy Almonte, and, like, um, they're, they're going to just use guys based on matchups and stuff, which is fine. But like they, they're just gonna they're gonna figure out like Kimbrel the stuff still there command has been terrible so I think they just they're gonna let him try to figure that out but like if he's still not doing well in like August then they're just they're gonna probably not go to him for a while so like yeah it, it, we've seen this this is this is not this is not terribly new but I don't think coming out of the break it's gonna be anything different than like right now. Jacob, given that you might be able to see your alma mater play, what is your take on UCLA and USC moving to the Big Ten? Uh, I'll stop there real quick. I think it's stupid. <laughs> I get it, you know money, money, money. I get it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Stupid. It's so like it's stupid. There, there, it's it's weird. Like, there should be a pack. You know, there should be a Pacific conference. USC and UCLA should be a part of it. That's just right. And then tell the Arizona uh, schools. And and in terms Sam. of uh, seeing them, actually, I think. Of all the schools in either the Pac-18 or Big 22, uh, I think Colorado is actually the closest to me. 
Um, maybe not. Maybe one like Illinois or something is. But uh, so you're saying not, they none are close. Jo- none are close. Uh, they should have joined the Big Twelve. I was about to say now if they had joined the Big Twelve, <laughs> oh baby, uh, uh, football tickets oh, at at, at Kansas cheap, very cheap. Oh yeah, seeing a basketball game at Allen Fieldhouse, well, you say that would be not cheap. <laughs> well, like and it, this, it's just very. It, this is one of those things where like that seemed less of a. Here's the new Big Ten as a as a here's the first domino of some huge weird thing, right? Yeah, like so. And I, and I, again, I if uh, yeah. not again, but you know, to echo, I think sentiments I've had before. If this ends up with just more money in the players' uh, uh, po- pockets, sure, great. That's not happening. <laughs> At least right. not directly because of this. But I think I think it's to the point where I think the the. The school, like, there was a report, I think the LA Times had on UCLA, like, I don't, I don't know how, but, like, they, they had, like, just an insane amount of debt, and, like, this Big Ten deal essentially wipes all of it out. Right. <laughs> uh, so, like, that, you, like, see that, and, like, obviously, USC's private school, so they don't, like, report, uh, it's not, they don't report uh, things like your, like, public schools are, are supposed to. But uh, yeah, it's just it's weird. It, it's, well, it's let, an let me let me add ground. on. So uh, before yeah. you go uh, yeah, yeah. go away, and Eric, one argument I hear is that for you, you, you I can't say your school's name, USC. The road to win a national title football has gotten much harder, given both the travel. Oh, that's another stupid thing about this is travel uh, and conference strength. Do you agree? Well, I, I was going to say so about the travel. Um, I'm still skeptical on how it's all going to play out because I don't think this is fully formed yet, right? Like, sure. I, I think it'll mean occasional games. Again, like, you know, you get like a USC Michigan, a USC Ohio State, or, you know, anything like, you, you know, UCLA Indiana or whatever. Like, that stuff's going to happen too, but not like every year. Like, uh, you know, like I can't see a situ- scenario where I think there's going to be more, more teams in whatever the Big Ten is a year from now. That, for the most part, USC and UCLA will still have a bunch of like relatively close things. Now, the interesting thing to me is it seems it seems from the reporting, uh, like the the Big Ten doesn't seem like interested in like Cal Stanford and like Cal Stanford is like there. You know, it, it's not like a, a an exact natural rival, but like th- they're pretty linked, right? Like the like Cal and Stanford playing USC, UCLA, like yeah. that's just a thing. And so you could see a scenario where that maybe breaks away, but like you, and you also think like Oregon's its own thing, but then like, do you, does the big 10 really want to go like Oregon and Oregon state? You know, like it's, it's just a weird thing. So I, but I think they're going to add something. Oh, well, so how, about the, the how about this? How about this? How about this? Big yeah. 10 school, UCSD. But your Power. your actual Look, alma mater. I I want I don't I don't think that would be fair to the other big. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Like, that's fair. Yeah. So just to be clear, UCSD does not have a football school uh, team yet. Um, yet. yet. I don't think have <laughs> but like, um, but they're D one. They're, they're they're coming in their second year of D one coming up. And the, the another dumb NCAA <laughs> rule is when you when you join, um, like D one, you're you're like ineligible for conference. Um, contention, I guess, for like four years. What? 
but like the, those teams are already bad. Like to start right, if they're is good ultimate to frisbee be, a, a, a NCAA sport yet? Because if so, I bet I, I bet UCSD would dominate. Yeah, so like it's just weird. Like so, like they not that their basketball team is that good, but like they're they 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 can't even win like a Big West title for like. Not that they were going to, right? Like, but but they at least like have the veneer of like contending for one. But that that bugs me. But no, like it's it is it's just it's pretty dumb. Like like it's just I don't know. I don't I don't like it. I'm not a fan. Uh, but the, the other part about like the I mean to me it, it hasn't really mattered if if USC is good like good enough to like contend for national title they will like generally just no based on wherever they are so i'm not like that worried about that like maybe it's harder because of the travel but like i don't i, I don't know i, I just i guess I, I have i'd like to see how it all shakes out because it seems like there's going to be you know like very small number of larger conferences um so and, and how that ultimately plays out like I have a hard time wrapping my head around like 2024, like USC's schedule being like UCLA and then like all Midwest teams yeah. in conference, you know, like, so there, there's going to be more other, like teams that join, I, I would, I would think, but then again, who knows? Like, but it, it's just going to be weird. And I like, I have to look, I don't, well, I, I think I do have the pack 12 networks that, that was it. Larry Scott can, just f off like what a what a jerk like what a what a conference ruiner he was just inept all the way around except to line his own pocketbooks the the frank mccourt of, of college athletics um yeah and so like i i was thinking i don't have the big 10 network at the moment i don't think so it's one of those things that, that's it's just like a year away and i'm already annoyed that i'm gonna have to add the big 10 network to uh watch usc games so gross Going back to the sandwich well, do you think a sliced bread sandwich has better meat-to-bread ratio, or do you prefer a roll? Spoiler, roll, not, no question. Also, Jacob, name your favorite hoagie-style sandwich you currently make, and does your daughter have a favorite sandwich? For, first of all, also, uh, sandwich well, great name for a restaurant. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that. Maybe you <laughs> and I should uh, open one. Wait a minute. Are we, are we, did we just open a restaurant? <laughs> Wait. Let's. We're gonna print to be out a the transcript Z somewhere. of this. We're gonna. Oh yeah, the 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 sends which. Well, I really wish we had kept that audio of you for. Uh, this is a deep cut, so probably a lot yeah. of listeners have no idea what we're talking about. You once recorded inside of a sports bar in Phoenix, right? Yeah, like uh, I think it was in. I, I think technically Phoenix, but yeah, like when I was in spring training and. It was, what was it? It was like sport. It was just sports bar with, with a, like Z, a bunch yeah. of Z's. The yeah. sports bar, but it had a, and a Dr. Pepper Dr. burger. Dr. Pepper burger. Yeah. <sighs> Which was gross. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, God, we, we were flying by the seat of our pants. At that. We're obviously yeah, well say, over the machine right yeah. now. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so very clearly a roll, right? Like, you know, yeah. anything is, is um, almost anything is better than like, sliced sandwich bread it's just that sliced sandwich bread is generally like like the easier thing to have around like but like yeah well my my thing with rolls like i well i guess 
I go through this weird thing with lunch meat where my I it's wrapping my brain around. You like go to the store, right? Like even like the like a, <laughs> not a, as good of a restaurant name by the way. Weird yeah, thing with lunch meat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a that's behind the curtain at the sandwich well. <laughs> um, so I always my even if like let's say the like the on sale cuts of. Uh, lunch meat right is like five ninety nine a pound at at the deli counter, or whatever, or like the if you want to go like lesser quality like Carl Budig stuff is like maybe three ninety nine or whatever. But then you you're, if you're gonna pay that much for meat like that, you could buy like steak for that right <laughs> or like and why why would you not? But then but then at the same time like I like having sandwiches too. So like yeah. I get like you, like even if if it's like ten bucks a pound like. Yeah, I kind of like having sandwich meat around, but then it, it, it's this constant battle of like, don't buy too much where it spoils, and then all, same thing for sometimes I don't I, I won't go through a loaf of bread because it's it's a lot, so I will occasionally just buy like five rolls, you know, or like a you know Kaiser roll, onion roll, whatever, like uh, something uh, something like that, or even um, a fresh bagel is also great uh, for a sandwich. Um, but like you lose a little bit of like chewiness if it's like a, you know, a little bit older, but like it, it's, it's very clearly a roll. Um, and it's also better for like, like structural integrity, especially if you're putting like pickles uh, and tomatoes and, and other vegetables and stuff on it. Like you need, you need a little bit more heft than like a normal, like sliced bread would give you. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's way better. Uh, in terms of when I'm making, I just, I we made, well, I, we my, um, Melissa actually made the rolls my wife. today. I didn't say it. Can't do that. I I get a pick if I, I, you get the I, joke I, or not. I, I was I I should have done the Jim Gaffigan inner head voice, so I was very clearly talking <laughs> as you at that point. Paul. So fair enough. And, but I, I made the sandwich, which was uh, – we did chicken fillies, which were delicious. Oh, chicken fillies are so good. But uh, give me boar's head Italian meats, normal, you know, with a really nice Italian dressing. Uh, that's just – there's nothing better. I mean, so, the godmother at Bay Settings is the best with a sort of more of a – it's not quite – it's probably – they don't call it Dutch crunch, but it's close to Dutch crunch. Oh, that's a good uh, That Italian yeah. roll. Uh, and it's just really, really good. But mine's pretty close and certainly the best thing I've had uh, since leaving the vicinity of Bay Cities. So I've gotten to the point where I I, I tend to avoid the dressing uh, or, or like oil or anything mm. like that. You gotta. Uh, I gotta send you my recipe, my Italian I think, dressing. Yes, yeah, but I, I think it really is just a. It, it's it's probably great in like you know judicious doses. Uh, so I think it, it, I'm not against it. Like because I, um, I think I mentioned it's like Jersey Mike's. Like you know, it's not the greatest, but it's like for like a chain, it's it's pretty yeah. good. Like, mm-hmm. and um, they have um, cherry pepper relish. Yeah. Uh, on as an option, and that's excellent. And I also sometimes get mustard as well and it's like a good combo and that's like a i mean obviously it's it's not the same consistency as like you know oil and vinegar or whatever it's just different well but do like, you do the red vinegar there because they douse it i in don't that. oh I, I do not it's good. because it's it, it's too much like it, it's I, I i don't know i i guess i yeah i just i i don't know i i have i guess i have a thing against 
like soggy bread <laughs> at a certain point. Like, so That's I fair. guess, I guess I don't, I, I try to avoid that whenever possible in that situation. Like, but yeah, I don't. Well, know. when you come to Kansas City for the Dodgers Royals series, I'll make you a sandwich. We'll see what you think. Oh man, I are they playing this year? I forget. Yeah, I, August. Yeah, I'll see you then. Oh man, I guess I'm there. Yeah. In person record. SB Nation, you heard it. Send me to Kansas City. <laughs> Official podcast business. Look at our numbers; yeah. <laughs> they're going through the roof. We have we have to record this on the road, and we have uh, to fly no. uh, editor Brian from New York to to uh, actually and do the live, live questions editing. from Craig, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh man, can you imagine us recording and poor Brian having to listen to us live and going like, cut that, you know, like, or something. Like, just as we're saying, and he's like, there, he's just going in the corner I, with his thumbs down. Like, I did not finish the question. Eleanor does not sorry, have a favorite sorry, sorry. sandwich yet, uh, but if she did, it would have ketchup and mac and cheese. Those, oh, man. those are her favorites. <laughs> oh, and Teddy Grimm's. Oh, on the same sandwich. I, look, I would try just about anything. <laughs> so I'm not gonna. I'm not here to shame uh, <laughs> sandwich makers but no uh I, once again craig has made us hungry um as we go into the night uh having recorded to get another podcast um hope you enjoy it hope you enjoy the all-star game maybe this year being at dodger stadium with at least four dodgers maybe more uh you'll have your own memories to talk about and uh, maybe we can talk about them on next week's podcast thanks for listening everybody mm-hmm.